we're going to be at this morning. Proverbs chapter number 18, and we'll start with verse number 24. Proverbs chapter number 18, and verse number 24. Sunday school goes to quarter after, is that right? Okay, just wanted to make sure. I didn't want to keep on going, and then people are coming in the foyer and all those kinds of weird things. It's sort of a... what. Evangelists get haunted by certain things, and that's one of them. You don't want to try to land it way too early, and everybody's like, we don't know what to do. We have to talk to each other. Um, or you go way too late, and I remember one time I went way too late, but I didn't get told it was supposed to be out at a certain time. And um, it seemed like it had a certain point, and it's an old joke, but the, the fact of the matter is I can see you. Uh, as you can see me, I can see you. You know, people don't think that as you're preaching. And I was like, wow, it's like I lost everybody. You know, I was only preaching, you know, like for 20 minutes or something like that. And everybody's face was just sort of. <laughs> I, I had no clue. I'm just, you know, going along. And um, I thought, I'm doing pretty well on time. I got up a little late. And, and I just kept on going. And, and I ended the service. And I thought it went fine until the very end. The pastor said, I should have told you, you should have been done 10 minutes ago. So anyway, I'm always sort of haunted by, by that, some things that you remember. Um, but anyway, hey, we've had a great summer at the Bill Rice Ranch, and I wanted to tell you briefly about it. We had three day camp weeks for the very first time, and really most of our day campers come from public schools in Rutherford County. And it's awesome because we get to pass out flyers in the public schools in our county, and we, we drop them off and they pass them out. We just have to put them all in bundles and things like that. And then also, the city schools won't let us pass out the flyers, but they will let us do an email if we pay them. And so we pay the money so that we can send out our email. And that's really the number one thing that gets people to come to day camp. And so think vacation Bible school. That's basically what our day camp is. And you're just dealing with people that are looking for child daycare. I mean, that's what you're dealing with. And oftentimes when I'm at camp, I'm talking to church counselors if I have a problem with the child, right? So I'm talking to pastor so-and-so or youth pastor so-and-so and saying, hey, your kid's doing this, that, or so-and-so. At day camp, I'm talking to parents. And that is a totally different thing. Oftentimes, I could talk to a pastor and say, don't worry, I'll sit on that kid. That'll never happen again. You know, you'll hear phrases like that. Um, with parents, you know, their kid is always right. They never done anything wrong, and so it's a very interesting week um, be, because of that. This one mom called and said, you, I need to talk to the director as soon as possible. My kid had a terrible time, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And so I, I called, and I found out what happened. Her son got hit by a T-shirt. A T-shirt. And I was like, wow, it's pretty rough camp that we got going, you know? And I started thinking of NFL games that shoot T-shirts out to people. Talk about a lawsuit ready to happen. I mean, you could hurt people. And uh, I said, ma'am, are you saying a T-shirt? That's what, that's what your child was hit with? Was there any, I was trying to keep a straight face. Was there any marks? You know, of course. And it wasn't snapped. It wasn't anything. No, somebody just picked up a T-shirt and, and tossed it at the kid. And, and I said, I'm sorry, and I'll try to make sure that doesn't happen again. Um, there was one parent that came 
And uh, they told me that my kids, my two twin boys, they don't even know how to wrestle. They don't even know how to fight until they came to your camp. And uh, because they were wrestling over a ball or, or whatever in a game, and I said, I'm so sorry, we'll, we'll make sure. Well, they were actually, I think they watch professional wrestling because they were doing choke slams and everything else to each other, the two twins. And I'm like, wow, they picked up really quick, apparently, you know, within a few hours. But uh, so you're dealing with random things, you know, that parents oftentimes will say that their child is perfect. And I, I know mine is. Um, but uh, hang around them a little bit. You'll find out that's not to be true uh, because I know their dad, right? Um, so anyway, it's unique that way. But uh, we're very thankful we saw many trust in Christ. And this summer, we saw 244 young people trust in Christ to be saved. And all those kids met with a counselor. And uh, in day camp, where our biggest salvation numbers are at, uh, we, we would have 60 to 70 saved each week in day camp. Um, we don't even have any type of invitation until the end of the week. We start at creation because that's where a lot of kids are at. They don't even know that God created everything. And uh, just worked our way through. So um, maybe you had some bouts of COVID this summer. We had not very much. So we we're very thankful for that. We were able to keep all our camps going and uh, only had to do like a couple of quarantines, that kind of thing. And so uh, God was sure good to us this summer. Uh, this past week, we had an elementary retreat. We saw two young people trust in Christ. And then we have a junior, senior high retreat this coming week. So we always do appreciate your prayers for that. Proverbs chapter 18, let's take a look at verse number 24. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Let's see that one more time. Proverbs chapter 18, verse number 24. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than than a brother. We're going to take a look at this morning characteristics of a good friend. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Father, we love you today. We thank you for the opportunity uh, to live for you. And Lord, I pray that you show us, if you, we find ourselves lacking of some characteristics of being a good friend, that we'll make a commitment this morning that we'll be a good friends to people. Help us, Lord, to be friendly like we should. I need your help. Fill me with the Spirit's power, and we thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, I ask these things. Amen. I think every single one of us would say that we want to have friends, and we like to have good friends. And the Bible says if you want to have friends, you must show yourself what? That's the bummer, right? You'd rather act however you want to act and then always have your besties around. But if you want to have friends, you need to be a good friend. And there's all types of reasons on why people want good friends. Uh, some people like good friends because it, there's lasting memories that are made. I bet if we just go around the room and we could say, can you bring up your best friend in childhood? And you would bring up lasting memories that you had with your best friend that you grew up with. Uh, I remember when my best friend growing up was married. And it was like an end of an era, you know, for us. We all grew up together. He was the first one that was married off. We were all sort of emotional about it at the wedding. And we are not emotional people growing up at all. But we're like, he's going to get married. You think that's going to happen to us too? Oh, you know, that kind of thing, uh, how you are in high school. And so I remember his wedding very well. Well, 
my best friend growing up, his wife wanted her wedding to go a certain way. And I think most women are that way. But one of the things that she said is, you're not going to touch my car. You're not going to touch it. They're driving off in my car. You're not going to touch my car. You're not going to put soap on it. You're not going to put tin cans on it. You're not going to do anything to the car. So here's us. Most of us grew up together, going to church together. We're, uh, some of my friends were even their brother to my friend and all these things. And she turned and looked at us and gave us the pointer finger and said, you're not going to touch my car. So if you think you're going to do anything, forget about it. Well, it went from sob story to, oh, Jason's getting married. We'll never see him again. To, What'd you say? Do what? Oh, we're going to touch your car. That kind of thing, right? She challenged us. And so she locked up the car in her dad's garage. They had an alarm on the house. There is no way we can touch the car. And that irritated us. I mean, we enjoyed the wedding, but we kept staring at the car saying, she won. Not only did she take my friend, but she told us off and she got away with it. You know, those kinds of things that you feel in high school. I don't feel that way anymore, of course. Okay. So they drove off and the wedding was great and yada, yada, yada. And Pastor Combs was uh, the father of the best friend and he took us all out for pizza. So we're all sort of licking our wounds a little bit that this girl comes in, tells us off, we're not going to touch her car, and we touched the, we weren't able to touch it. And we're there, about 20, 25 of us at Pizza Hut, and we're like, man, we're terrible. We've lost our touch. I can't believe this happened to us. And I wonder, I wonder if they're staying close by. And Pastor Combs is a very quiet guy. And he said, I know where they're at. <laughs> And we sort of looked down and we said, you know where they're at? Yep. Took a bite of his pizza real slow. And I said, can you tell us where they're at? And he said, I promise not to tell. <clears throat> Pastors and their promises, right? So I said, well, can we guess? Well, he didn't say that. So we went over and we grabbed a phone book. Do you remember those? <laughs> and uh, we grabbed this big phone book and we started looking everywhere for this hotel. Where would Jason stay? All right, Super 8. Is he staying there? They're like, no, fancier that. Like, whoa, Jason, you know, got some class. Who would have thought? And so we started looking at fancier hotels. And finally, he kept saying, Pastor Combs said, nope, 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 nope. Took a bite of pizza. That's it! And so we went to Walmart. We grabbed everything that we could think of. And uh, we were able to decorate his car in the parking lot of the hotel. We saran wrapped the whole thing. And uh, as we're saran wrapping, we got this uh, car paint. As we got this car paint, it got onto the saran wrap. And the saran wrap started getting all over the car, which the car paint for windows got all over the car and it was it's car paint for windows so you know that you can write little things you know just married that kind of thing and I for some reason looked up at the package and the package said do not put car window paint on car paint it might not go off who created this stuff and so we had another situation on our hand and Jason's one of his friends was that was there 
I'm not going to admit he was one of my friends, but one of Jason's friends said to me, don't worry, Matt, if we can't get it off, we could always repaint the car tonight. <laughs> you, uh, don't talk ever again. That's what, we, that's what we said to him. And so we spent the rest of the couple hours trying to scrub off this car window paint off the car paint. And we were very nice because we left that can of cleaner underneath his car because he had to use it the next morning to get the rest of it off. And uh, we look back at that, and that is a lasting memory. And you know, really, we always want to have more and more memories with friends, do we not? Uh, being around friends is a good thing. Um, not only is there lasting memories with friendship, also it's good to be around friends that help you do right. I'm thankful for a youth group which you could argue, was that really doing right, hanging out with your youth group, decorating a car? I, I understand that. Um, we didn't get arrested or anything. And I'm thankful for a youth group that not all of us were ornery at the same time. Right? We, we'd all have ornery moments as teenage boys, as teenage boys do. But we always had somebody that stood up for what is right. You know what? I need to be around friends that help me do right, not help me do wrong. And I need to be that kind of friend. And oftentimes when we're thinking of those things, we're thinking of teenagers, right? Teenagers hang around kids, they're going to do right. You know, adults, you need to have friends that do right. Because your friends that are doing wrong influence you to do wrong as well. Um, also, friends, they help you out when you have some hardships. Isn't that true? Uh, there's been times in my life I've been broken down, I think, and uh, many of different states. In one state, I was in northern Ohio breaking down. And I had a friend that came up with a trailer and came up with another truck to get me out of the pinch that I was in. And I'm so thankful that God has really spoiled me rotten with friends. And I hope that you have a friend. And if you want friends, the Bible says you need to show yourself what? Friendly. So what are some characteristics? Well, here's one. We need to be faithful. Look at Proverbs chapter 27 and verse number 6. Do you want to turn over there? Proverbs chapter 27 and verse number 6. The Bible says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Uh, you need to have a kind of friend that will tell you you're doing wrong. You can surround yourself with yes men or yes ladies that always say, oh, you're so awesome and whatever you think is right, but that's not good for you. A real friend will tell you, you are not doing right. Several years ago, uh, this is many years ago now, but uh, there was a time when it was a miscommunication that happened. Does this ever happen to y'all? A miscommunication at work. And I asked about using a trailer, and the other guy thought I was talking about his personal trailer. And there was just sort of a mix-up about it, and he was so upset that I just flat-out told him that I was going to take his personal trailer. Well, that's not what I said. I, at least I don't think that's what I said. I, I think I said I was going to use the works trailer. Um, but he just got upset about it, and as he got upset about it, he started telling everybody else on how much of a jerk I was. And then it was all a miscommunication, and I realized it was a miscommunication, and I went and found him. I said, no, I wasn't asking for the personal trailer. I was asking for the works trailer. And he's like, oh, yeah, 
Okay, okay, I'm sorry about that. And you know how guys can be, we're a little gruff to each other sometimes. And I never really got a full apology, I felt like. I'm a wounded person because he was cranky about that. And uh, because of that, I decided to tell everybody else on how much of a jerk this guy was. So this guy mis misheard something and was upset about it. I was hurt that he went and told everybody about it. And so I went and told everybody about how this guy hurt me. I wasn't being the right kind of friend. And I was telling another friend about how this guy hurt me. And I always said this nice little clause that us Christians can say. I'm over it, but let me tell you what happened. So you can pray for this person better. So I said, I'm over this, but he did this and this and this, and I didn't do this, and da-da-da-da. I'm over it, though. And my friend looked at me, and he said, could have fooled me. Talk about a torch. Have you ever had a torch happen to you? That's a torch. When, uh, and that's all he said. And we're driving the golf cart. And the Holy Spirit got a hold of my heart. And I'm thankful I had a faithful friend. That's the kind of friend we need to be to each other. Um, a good friend is not only faithful, a good friend also rejoiceth with you. In Luke chapter number 15, there is... Um, the story of the shepherd that lost the sheep. And there's the story of the lady that lost the money and she, then she found it, right? And the Bible says she went and she called her friends and her neighbors saying, Rejoice with me, for I found which was lost. Remember that story? You know, as a good friend, you should be able to rejoice over your friend's successes. But so often, the first time we see somebody have a new car, what do we say to ourselves? Well, I'd like to have a new car. Why do they get a new car? Well, I know why, because they're loaded. Yeah. And then they say, hey, did you see I got a new car? Oh, yeah, super nice. Do you look at all the different options? And the newer the car, have you noticed the bigger the screen on the inside? And I remember when my television was that size, right? And people have that in their cars now. And they look, it can do this. And look at this. And look, it needs to go over terrain. You just push a button. It goes higher. Or you want to go lower. You know, that, all these kinds of things. And you're like, oh, I'm so happy for you. And then you go tell other people, oh, did you see their new car? I think everybody did. Mm-hmm. You know what? You're not being a good friend. Rejoice with them. Rejoice with them. It's like when somebody loses a little weight. Now, this has never happened to me before, but I hear this happens to people. And they lose a little weight, and they want to go and tell people, I've lost this much weight, right? Oh, thank you. I found it. <laughs> Don't be that way. Rejoice with them. Rejoice with them that do rejoice. It's okay. Be a good friend. Be happy for people. Hey, we got a job promotion. Good for you. You can say things like that. Be a good friend that way. A friend is faithful. A friend rejoiceth with you. A friend, listen, a friend improves you. A friend improves you. Look at Proverbs chapter 27. And look at verse number 17. Proverbs 27, verse 17. Iron sharpeneth iron, 
So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. You should be improving your friends. Not dulling them. Sharpening them. Encouraging them. When people walk away from you, they should feel encouraged that they've been with you. Not, wow, that was a load to deal with. Now, is a friend supposed to help you carry the load? Yes, there's times like that. But if you're known as the person that always takes the air out of the room, you're the person that's always being weighty towards people and how terrible everything is and those kinds of things. Friend, we have victory over these things, and it's through our Savior, Jesus Christ. So every once in a while, let's improve the countenance of our friends. A good friend is improving you. Um, number four, a good friend endures to the end. A good friend endures to the end. Now, now I'm not saying... Um, even if we are doing terrible things and living in sin and keep saying to them, oh, you're still doing great. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that. Remember the first part. Faith for the wounds of a friend. We, we need to be this way. But I think of the friendship Jonathan and David had. They loved each other like their own soul, the Bible says. And 1 Samuel 18, uh, verse number 3 says that. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And David said to Jonathan, I will continue, even after you're gone, to be a blessing to your family. And he kept that. He asked if there's anybody with the lineage of Jonathan. If you read on, and I believe it's found, in sake of time, we won't read it, but in 2 Samuel chapter number 9, they found a guy, Mephibosheth. I try to have that for my middle name for my children, but April wouldn't let me for some reason. No, I'm just joking. That is a... That's a mouthful, isn't it? Mephibosheth, Peyton Mephibosheth down. That has a ring to it. Yeah, anyway. But guess what happened? They were, he said, let's find them. And even though Mephibosheth, he doesn't bring anything to David. He's a sick man. But David endured to the end with his friendship with Jonathan. He kept his covenant that he was going to be a blessing. A good friend, number five, Never gives up. Never gives up. I love this story. Look at uh, Mark chapter 2. Would you turn there? Mark chapter number 2. Let's read the story. We've got a couple minutes left. So Mark chapter number 2 in verse number 1. And again, he, and, and again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. So Jesus Christ is in the house. And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. Them no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when he had broken it up, they let down the bed that whereon the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, Thy sins be forgiven thee. But there was certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk. 
but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way unto thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed, and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. And so here is this man, and he was born of four. So four other friends was carrying him because they heard that Jesus was in this house. And these are the kind of friends that you want to have, and this is the kind of friend that you want to be for people. They carried him in, sick of the palsy, so we think he's probably immobilized in some way. And so he goes in, they can't get in the house. There's so many people there, it's packed out. Now, I had some friends before that would be like, all right, we tried our best, let's go back home. Have you ever had friends like that before? Sort of let you down a little bit? But these guys, they said, look, we came here for you to see the Son of God. You're going to see the Son of God today, no matter what. And I don't know how they got on the roof. Have you ever thought through that? How do you get? I mean, their hands are full. They don't have a ladder. I, I don't know if they had little spouts they could climb up on, or maybe they used a little bed as a trampoline. Who knows, right? My imagination goes way too wild sometimes. How do they get up on the roof? I don't know. I'm sure that was a sermon illustration in itself. They got on the roof. They're like, what are we doing up here? We're going through it. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if that was your house? And they're like, so, I am so excited. Jesus is here. Wow, we've got a lot of people here. And it's probably um, breaking some fire codes, that kind of thing. And all of a sudden, they start seeing their ceiling being disintegrated. And they're seeing sunlight. What in the world's going on? And they lower them down so that he can see Jesus Christ. That's the kind of friend I want to be for people. And that's the kind of friend that you should be, a friend that never gives up. And lastly, a friend determines where you're going. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, evil communications corrupt good manners. Evil communications is what we believe talks about is the wrong kind of friends. We have an illustration, an illustrative message at the ranch. As we're doing illustrative messages, we're doing like a cowboy story for the junior uh, boys and girls. And one of them is the pig illustration. And the pig is filled with mud and grime and dirt. And he's in his own little pen. And here comes a cowboy out with a white cowboy shirt. And the speaker says, you know what? Maybe you need to encourage the pig and they'll get cleaner. So the cowboy encourages the pig. You know what? You probably need to be in the pen with the pig. And then the pig will see you, how clean you are. Then the pig will want to become cleaner. You know what the pig needs? The pig needs more love. So why don't you pick up the pig and give it a big hug? And then once you give it a big hug, then it will be a lot cleaner. So the cowboy does it, and what happens? A nice, clean cowboy with a white cowboy shirt is totally disgusting because of what he's doing with the pig. Listen, oftentimes we say, well, I know I'm hanging out with the wrong kind of people, and I'm dealing with the wrong kind of people, but I'm trying to see, be a testimony for them. You should be a testimony for them. You should be, okay? But if you're going to the same places that they're going, and you're doing the same things that you're doing, you're not showing them how to be clean. They're showing you how to get dirty. 
You show me who your friends are, and I can tell you the direction that you're going. It's so important. It's so important. It brings me back um, to our verse that we started with in Proverbs chapter 18, verse number 24, where the Bible says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And I believe this verse could be implying here, of course, about our Savior, Jesus Christ, the closest friend that we could ever have. You see, I don't, can't think of anybody more faithful than Jesus Christ. I don't know anybody that will rejoice with you when you're rejoicing more than the Good Shepherd. I don't know anybody that will improve you more than God's Son. I don't know anybody that will endure longer than the King of Kings. I don't know anybody that will give up, never give up on you like the Lord of Lords. And I don't know anybody that will determine more where you're going than our friend and Savior, Jesus Christ. Maybe this morning you find yourself lacking in one of these characteristics. My friend, I pray that we'll put those characteristics in our life this week and we can get the kind of friends that we need when we're the friend we're supposed to be. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word.